You're listening to The Big Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back. It's our number four of The Big Show. Garrett Vanderplug along with you. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio coming up here on Sportsnet 960. Following me, we got the Jeff Merrick Show at 10 o'clock. No Flames uh, hockey on your radio tonight, but we do got a matinee matchup between the Hitmen and the Oil Kings. Puck Drop will go there at 11 a.m. Logan Gordon will hop on the mic here at 2 p.m. for Sportsnet today. He'll be followed by Real Kipper and Bourne out in Toronto. That's it goes at 3. And, of course, Pat Steinberg will be on the airwaves, as always, 4 o'clock with another edition of Flames Talk. That's all straight ahead. But right now, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to speak to the host of the Canucks post game show as well as Canucks Central and the People Show on Sportsnet 650. We say hello to Bick Nazar. Bick, uh, thanks for taking some time. How's it going, man? Tremendous. I, I got to say, every time I'm on the station, uh, whether it's Logan or you guys now, you, you, I think you guys have way better music than we do. I, I love I love. Hanging out on hold when you guys come back from break. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Nothing wrong with a little Tupac coming in and out of break. West Coast only exactly. here. On. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's get to it here. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks lose 4-3 in overtime yesterday to the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from last night's contest? Yeah, just just a weird one, I, th- I think, from Vancouver. We, we, we talked about it uh, on the post show. Um, and, yeah, it, it started well, and, and they carried over what they did against Boston in the final 40 minutes there. But they've they've kind of scuffled a little bit and, and just making you know mental mistakes that you know really they weren't doing certainly earlier in the year. But post All Star break, um, they, they've they've had these bouts of uh, you know Rick Tockett has called them stupid stick penalties and, and it's put them in tough spots. And Myers takes a you know high sticking or he cross checks uh, a guy right in the face and Pedersen takes a high sticking or he's just trying to whip his stick around the guy to get on the other side of him and. It leads to a five-on-three, and you know they, they put themselves in these tough spots, and they, they've broken up their own rhythm at times. And, and they were you know, well in control of, of that Pittsburgh game yeah. in the first you know, 22 minutes, but you know bad turnovers that are very uh, unconventional of, of their identity so far, and it, it opened the door for for Pittsburgh. And you know it, it was it was a rather uninspiring Pittsburgh performance outside of Sidney Crosby. But mm-hmm. you know he dragged his team back into it, and, and certainly one that you look at the Canucks probably should have won in regulation. But uh, it, it was very uncharacteristic of them. Uh, no point in beating around the bush here. Got to ask you about Elias Pettersson, and it's a story that might be leaving Flames fans snickering a little bit about these headlines, as we know all too well about contract discussions and all that. In your opinion, is this story getting a little bit out of hand or out of control, or is there actual some unrest amongst the fans in Vancouver? Oh, I, I mean, there's always unrest in right. amongst fans in Vancouver. <laughs> this is just par for the course. Uh, is it getting out of control? I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I use, I, I use a phrase all the time. Let's act like we've been through a superstar negotiation before, mm-hmm. because this is what happens to superstars. And, and as, as you mentioned, like it, it's happened in Calgary, and I would imagine you guys have a great perspective of, of how this is. Um, I, I kind of came into the season, you know, a, a three out of ten that, you know, a, a worry meter that, you know, maybe this ends badly for Vancouver. And to be honest, I, I haven't really changed my opinion uh, because it feels like every update is kind of a 
non-update update o- over the weekend, and it, it's it's you know great discussion from uh, from Elliot when he mentioned it on on Saturday. Just like yeah, GMs are calling. Well, that's GMs doing their job, and and you'd expect them to do it to see what the scenario is. I certainly don't feel like there's going to be any resolution as far as trade-wise in the next two weeks yeah. before the deadline. So it, it gets pushed down to the summer. And right now, if Elias Patterson's focus is on hockey and he's had a, a good season, yes, there's been some struggles here recently, but he's had a, a pretty good season. Uh, if he's able to, to focus on just the hockey, I, I, I think I'm okay with that now. If it ends up being like he does want out, then okay, solve that problem then. But right now... Um, He's playing pretty well, and the Vancouver Canucks obviously having a very successful season. Uh, I'd like to uh, kind of compare this to what we saw with William Needlander in the scenario that he, that went down to Toronto. He he was a guy who kept saying that things will get figured out, or he saying stuff like, "I don't worry about it. This 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 will all get resolved." But out in Vancouver, it seems like Pedersen hasn't really made those same statements or hasn't even really been pressed about this issue in the same way. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, honestly, like, this isn't as big of a deal locally at times. Like, we, we talk about it, but yeah. he's not really pressed on it uh, you know, weekly or bi-weekly or anything like that. It's, I, I feel like there's been a handful of questions throughout the course of the year, and he's been very consistent where he's you know, focused on his hockey and doesn't intend to comment on any sort of rumors or any sort of stories that come out. And so it hasn't really been broached with any sort of regularity. And when reports come out from, from a national level, that's when it starts to pick up. But by and large, uh, you know, this, this is an ever-changing topic for us on the air, but you know, he, he hasn't been really pushed on it. And so if, if that allows him to, to, to focus on his game, whatever it is, um, I, 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 I do see like, the, the reason to you know, cause for concern where he's not even really willing to negotiate right now. He hasn't mm-hmm. empowered his agent to see that, hey, go sort this out. And so that is extremely strange and it's unusual. And I, I think that was, is, is what's striking a lot of fear in, in fans' hearts to say, well, he's not even attempting, right? Like last year, David Pasenek signed right at the deadline and you know prepared to go to market, but they were – talking at least and, and you could feel like, like progress was being made whether it was a million apart whatever it was they they got to the destination there's no negotiation right now and the cuts are fully prepared to essentially write a blank check and it just hasn't materialized right now and i imagine that's part of the frustration for the fans and and for the team uh we had nick kiprios join us earlier on today and we kind of briefly touched on this topic as well and and we're kind of saying, like, what else does management need to do to continue to make their case to Pedersen that Vancouver is a place that he can not only win a Stanley Cup, because I get the sense that this isn't necessarily about butting heads. Pedersen is going to get paid. I just feel like management could get more and more frustrated as time goes on with this, right? Yeah, I always wonder, you know, from from a player's perspective, I'm not speaking on behalf of Leo Pedersen, this is just me talking. But, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, they, they go to the bubble. And they they have a, a you know a decent playoffs for a season where nobody really expected anything from Vancouver, but they go to the second round and and Vegas beats them in seven, and it just felt like okay this organization was ready to take a step, and when you're young star players, that becomes the new standard. Like as an organization, we if I'm a star player, I want to go to the playoffs every single year now, and that off season and I understand why like the pandemic and everything but the organization like hit pause on competing and the free agent 
debacle that happened and, and Tanev goes out the door to Calgary, Markstrom goes there, Foley goes out there, Stetcher goes out there. And just the way it was handled was rather poorly done. And then come the, the new year, like they, they bring in Nate Schmidt and they do a couple of things, but it, it, it was just not handled very well. And I think, you know, for me, if, if I'm a star athlete, I, I feel like that's like a, a broken commitment to winning. And it's taken them a while, but this is like the first successful season they've had since then. And they've gone out and made a couple of additions. But if you're re- if you're uh, that inspired to play and that committed to winning, which has been his thing that you know for the past two three years, like he he's referenced them many times that he wants to play for a winner. If if, if that's your biggest thing, has this organization done enough to prove to you that they're that committed? And they've made tremendous progress, obviously. But is sixty games you know, enough to cheapen your constitution about that? Or do you want to say, hey, we still have to do more? And is it dependent on what you do in the playoffs? So I, I can understand it from that point of view. Again, mm-hmm. not speaking for them, but the, the, that to me would be a big thing of go out and make more acquisitions. The Lindholm one was nice. The Ronick one was nice. But can you do more? And right now we're even, like we spend hours on our shows talking about they probably need one more top six winger. So at least Pedersen probably sees that too. Uh, you, you mentioned a top six winger there. Who Who is someone that you might have on your mind? Is it as simple as Jake Gensel? Well, he's certainly on <laughs> tips of the tongues of a lot of fans. Yeah. I, I want to see Tyler DePoli come back. Right? Okay. Uh, that's, that, that, that to me would be a very interesting name. He and Pedersen had tremendous chemistry. You know, Toffoli stepped in and scored a lot of goals right away. New Jersey's kind of hanging around in that playoff line, but I, they, they never seem to be able to make up ground on teams, right? Philly's been better than them uh, in the last 10 and there's a five-point gap. Uh, New Jersey got a game in hand, but at some point, like the runway just runs out, and New Jersey like beats Philly in in, in that game. And you think, okay, this is their chance to rebound. And then they stub their toe multiple times, and they, they just haven't gotten any sort of footing. So, if you know, th- that's one for me that I talk about on my show. If you're rooting for teams across the league to fail, uh, you know, some of the listeners on my show are certainly rooting for uh, New Jersey to uh, slip up. But, yeah, Jake Gensel, just a natural you know, scoring winger. Uh, it, it, it doesn't need to be, like, this power forward, but just someone that knows how to play off the puck. And, and when him and Toffoli were together, it, it, it really, really worked. Uh, sticking down this this trade deadline route right here, and, and i got to ask you this since we are coming to you from, from Calgary here, is Chris Tanev, still on their radar. I know that there were rumors circulating that maybe Vancouver wanted to broach a deal with that Lindholm thing, but but now that Tanev talks continue to ramp up here over the next couple of weeks, is, is Chris Tanev something that the Canucks would like to circle back on? Uh, I imagine Chris Tanev is going to always be on this team's radar with the uh, the connection that he has with the certain players. Uh, and obviously there's been a lot of turnover since uh, 2020, but he's got a, a, lot, a, a very strong connection with a lot of these players. But he he fits a role that like every team would want, and then you think of the connection to the team itself. Uh, I, I think the Canucks are going to be very interested in Chris Tanner. How they make it work, you know, that one I scratch my head at times um, because of the, the financial realities of uh, where they are. It, it's it's pretty tight, and uh, is Calgary going to retain money on Tanner if, if they need to? Um, it, it's. It, it, it's a tough one, but they could certainly use you know one top six winger and probably one more defender. Um, maybe it, it pushes Tyler Myers back down to a, a third pairing role, uh, and, and that would be a strong spot. But they certainly uh, are, are going to be aggressive in trying to find Chris Tanev. Uh, whether or not they can pull it off, uh, I have my doubts. But 
yeah, the, the interest is uh, it's, it's certainly real. We're in conversation with Bick Nazar, the Canucks Central host, as well as the People Show on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. It's hour four of the big show here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, we're a couple weeks removed from the Lindholm deal that saw Lindholm go to Vancouver and obviously Andres Kuzmenko come to Calgary. Uh, what have been your thoughts on the way Elias Lindholm has fit in the Vancouver lineup thus far? Yeah, the fit uh, to me is still a little clunky because, you know, he, he played the last two games uh, centering his own line. So he's not playing with Miller. He's not playing with uh, Pedersen. And that for me was, you know, the, the trade that the Canucks need to do, as, I, as I've discussed here, is like go get a goal-scoring winger with Elias Pedersen. And, and, and Lindholm scored a couple of goals, power play, and, and he's been – he's obviously very effective, like, not taking anything away from him. It, it just, I, I never really understood the fit. He, he wasn't the natural goal scorer I wanted to see. Now they, they, they paid a premium, but it's, it's, you know, it, they're, they're very stable down the middle, but I don't know if they've solved their biggest issue, uh, which is uh, getting that winger. And at some point they go back, you know, they're, they're missing a couple of bodies amongst the forward groups. So if Dakota Joshua comes back and they reunite the Bluger Garland, Joshua line, does Lindholm go back into a top six role? That could be something to keep an eye on. But he is playing a lot of minutes. Uh, but he, he's he's certainly an upgrade on Andre Kuzmenko. And then that, they they were just missing another credible body in their forward lineup. And he's been his effective self. I think he's been exactly as advertised. Uh, he, he hasn't really played differently from what I've seen in Calgary. It's just I don't know if it's solved the the, the Canucks' biggest need. Obviously, you've watched Andre Kuzmenko up up and close a bit more than a lot of the people here in Calgary have. What what do you think in your mind was the biggest reason for 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 the downturn of Andre Kuzmenko, and, and the, which is what you know ultimately saw him getting uh, traded out of Vancouver? Uh, puck management and lack of shooting. Yeah. And I, I think when you watch Kuzmenko, it's like he clearly has a very good shot. It's a lot of raw and talent there, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and it's, his, it's his first goal in Calgary. It's like it's on a stick, it's off a stick, and it's it's whipped in. But there's such an unwillingness to shoot from him from from his part, and it it baffles me. Like his shooting percentage last year, twenty seven point three, I think. And it was you think, all right, you're clearly going to regress. But if you can shoot more, you can ward off some of that. And there were moments this year, like especially on the power play, he gets the puck in prime areas, and Miller or Pedersen to set him up, and it's it's a pass to the other wall to to Brock Besser or something like that, and that to me is like the, the most frustrating thing. It's they, they required him to shoot and he might see himself as a playmaker and, and he certainly got some chops, right? He, he's a very creative player and he can stick handle certainly a, a ton and, and he's got pretty good vision, but the, the team needed him to score goals and he scored 39 last year by and large in and around the net and getting rebounds and tips. He, he was among the league leaders and stuff like that. But he just didn't shoot enough for me. And when you when you get this opportunity with Elias Pettersson, who's going to create for you, you have to be willing to shoot. And his, his, his shot attempts ranked around like 329th or something like that when he was in Vancouver, uh, which was not good enough. Like it, it took him a while to pass Anthony Beauvillier on total shot attempts. And Beauvillier got traded well long ago. And... That, that, to me, was always a struggle. And, and the puck management, was one, was something that Rick Tock had harped on uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, moments when he wanted to be his creative self, he was almost choosing the wrong times to do it. And 
but I think if you can work on some of this stuff, there's an obviously talented player there. It's just some of these things just, just never seem to materialize for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. We're, we're, only time will tell what, what you get here with Andre Kuzmenko. We see it. Like I said, I think there's a lot of talent with that player. But uh, out in Vancouver, aside from maybe the the Pedersen distraction, I, I still think, obviously, there's there's no doubt saying that there's a lot to be hopeful and a lot to cheer for if you're a Vancouver Canuck fan. Uh, tell me about the atmosphere amongst the fans. Do they believe or do you even or yourself believe that this could be the best Vancouver team you've seen since that 2011 run? Oh, that's uh, for sure. I think <laughs> unanimous people would yeah. say that. Like the 2014-15 season, yeah, it was nice, but um, I, I think there was a, a certain self-belief is like this is the worst version we're seeing of uh, this team for the past seven years. Whereas now, this is this is like the, the, the city has gone through a decade of turmoil and turbulence and conversations of rebuild and retool and just arguing. And now, I, I think everyone recognizes the best season and to what level you want to push all in and spend your assets. That's what this uh, debate becomes, but, but they have swept the imagination of Canucks fans because there was a lot of trepidation coming into the season of here we go. Like the the Pedersen thing's going to loom large over team fighting for a wild card spot. And are you just going to get bounced in the first round? But when you're sitting first in the league for stretches of, of the season and, and you're, you've been so good at just icing away games, the 31 and one and three, when going into the third period with the lead. And that was so, so surprising of last night that they broke the mold of what they've done. And fans are fans are bought in. And things like the, the, the Pedersen thing, the, the story, fans just want to see a resolution because the focus is how good they've been on the ice so far this year. Yeah, you kind of mentioned it there, that, that maybe this, this Canucks team is maybe catching some uh, people by surprise here, right? And coming into the year, they weren't necessarily projected to be a division winner. And I, I certainly didn't expect them to have the kind of year that they're having right now. But uh, where are you at on this team coming, coming into this season? Has anything surprised you more than others? Uh, I, yeah. Like I, I thought they'd sniff around like the third Pacific seed this year. Um, but this has been far more stable. The, the thing that's, that's happened in previous season is like the range of outcomes Every game felt like it could have been whatever you wanted. They could have been one of the, the finest-looking teams in the league, or, or they could have been one of the worst teams in the league. And that volatility existed every single game, and it was hard to get a handle on what con- what version of the Canucks you would see tonight. This year, everything's been stable. And you know, Rick Tockett has preached you know structure and habits and predictability, and it's materialized. That's for, for it to happen this quickly. And we've talked to some of the players about it, and they've mentioned, you know, buy-in and, and belief in the system. And the fact that the Rick Tockett was there for 30-some-odd games last year, that convinced a lot of guys that, okay, we're going to be okay. JT Miller and Connor Garland have spoken about the, the flight home that they took after the season. They said, you know, the, the way it ended was really good for us. And it was easy to buy in immediately coming into the season to say, we kind of know what we want to do. There's not a whole lot to work on in training camp. Just kind of refresh ourselves and, and we'll be ready to go. And it, it starts with an 8-1 win in Edmonton, back-to-back wins versus Edmonton. And everything just kind of picked up, and the start was huge for them to be able to, to, to get some evidence that, okay, what happened last year carries over this year. That's been massive. And the, the, like the Rick Tockett influence cannot be understated either, uh, not just from a X's and O's coaching staff, but like the man management part of it. All these guys uh, – really believe in, in, in what Rick Tockett is doing and, and the interpersonal 
uh, relationship he has with each guy. Like there's prolonged chats at practice and morning skates of you know, him going up to guys, and you, you just see that buy-in that that he's managed to cultivate from the players. Uh, do Do you think the start of the season that that Thatcher Demko has had this first half for him? Do you think that could have been? categorized as a big surprise for this Vancouver team as well because coming into this season for myself there's definitely some question marks around Demko and with his health and and all of that well what can you tell me about Demko and whether or not the start of his season here was necessarily anticipated or not well the the health is the big thing right he's really only had like one main season as like the guy but even then like there there was health concerns even that season uh that that's 21 22 and the you know, came he finished the year hurt and went into next season never feel like he really fully recovered and the start last year was so bad and he got his rest uh last year his break and you know things went pear-shaped for the Canucks over uh December and January but then he finished the season strong and then he comes back into this season the question has been like can he just be a stable regular starter and He's had seasons where he's had 915 save percentages. And fans remember, Canucks fans remember what he did in the bubble versus Vegas. He was tremendous in those three games. So we've seen the highs. It's just about staying consistent. Here he is this year uh, looking fantastic, 916 save percentage uh, on the year. But he's been the backbone, obviously. But it hasn't been like him rescuing games. He's just been solid and and the fact that they're getting regular consistent high level goaltending play I imagine does a, a great deal for their confidence uh Bick, great stuff thanks for taking some time this morning uh enjoy the deadline best of luck the rest of the season and hope again uh hope to do this again soon man yeah anytime talk soon there you go that was Bick nazar the the host of the post game show for the vancouver canucks as well as canucks central and the people show on sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Uh, That's going to take us to the end of a Wednesday edition of The Big Show. Thanks to our guests, Nick Kiprios, Brent Cron, Ryan Getzlaff, and Bick Nazar, who you just heard. A reminder, all of those discussions will be up on our podcast feeds on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you may stream your favorite podcast. Uh, Coming up next, we got just the one hour of The Jeff Merrick Show because we'll be joined in progress at 11 for Oil King's and Hitman. That's all straight ahead. Thanks again to everyone who listened. Thanks again to our guests. I've been GVP. Keep it locked. Sportsnet 960, the fan.